0: Um, We're going to sing, Greater You, Lord. And then um, on page 546 in your white hymnal, Love Lifted Me.
1: Philippians chapter 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. Philippians 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. And we'll begin in verse 5, but with the very last part of that verse. Excuse me. It says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, <clears throat> let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. From the very beginning of creation, our world has been a troubled world. We are living in a troubled world. That is the subject for today. And we know that it all began with Adam and Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden. That old serpent, he came in and tempted. Eve took of the fruit. Adam took from Eve. And ever since then, we've been on a roller coaster ride in this world. Trouble has been everywhere that we have looked. From the beginning, the Bible tells us of the world's troubles. It is full of stories about murder, deceit, betrayal, sibling rivalry, dysfunctional families, unprovoked attacks, warfare, lack of food, droughts, floods, and many, many other troubles. The Bible has never glossed over that this is a world full of trouble. And the fact that we live in a troubled world is doubled down upon by Scripture. Listen to Job chapter 14 and verse 1. Man who is born of a woman is few of days and what? Full of trouble. John 16, says, In this world you will have what? Trouble. Would it be safe for me to say today that everyone here, everyone who watches has experienced trouble in their life have you ever met anyone who's never had any trouble i don't think I have everyone i've ever met met has had trouble of some kind. Would you say today that you've had trouble in your life? just, just nod your head you've had trouble you know trouble comes in many many ways. For some, it's financial trouble. For some, it's marital trouble. What was that word I just said? Marital trouble. Or Some, it's for health and children and vehicles and workplace and church fights. And, and I mean, the list just goes on and on and on of trouble that we have. It is everywhere. If from the very beginning, the world has been full of trouble, The Bible makes it clear that we live in a world of trouble and if our own experiences reveal that we live in a world of trouble how do we survive and thrive? Trouble's not going away. There's not going to be a day that there's not trouble in this world until Christ returns and sets everything in order. So how do we survive trouble and how do we thrive in spite of trouble well I think there are two actions that we should take that we find in these verses of Scripture today and the first action is this remember the nearness of God now re- remember that Philippians is written by the Apostle Paul while he is where in prison he's not writing this for some posh hotel somewhere He's not writing this from a life of leisure and luxury. He is writing this while he is in prison. And in the book of Philippians, he is reminding us about how near God is. It starts off by saying, the Lord is at hand. Even in prison, God is at hand in a prison cell. God is at hand when you're chained. God is at hand when everything is going wrong in your life. God is at hand when you have been arrested just simply for sharing the gospel. God is always at hand. Remember, He is omnipresent. Now, that's not a word that we use every day, is it? When's the last time you used that word, Greg? Omnipresent. Wes, you you probably go around all the time talking about something being omnipresent, right? Yeah, yeah. This is not a word that I have ever used except for in sermons or in theological discussions about God. What does omnipresent mean? It means God is everywhere at the same time. Satan can be anywhere, but only one place at a time. But God is everywhere at the same time. While God is with us at 100 Scenic Drive, God is with you wherever you are. He is present. He is omnipresent. Listen to what the psalmist said in 139 and 8. He said, if I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. There is not a place that God is not. So when we're in troubles and we're dealing with issues, we've got to remember how near God is. Just from the fact that He is omnipresent and He is anywhere and everywhere that we go. But not just that He is omnipresent, but He dwells within our heart. The moment you got saved, you remember when you got saved? Were you in Bible school? Was it the end of a preaching service? Was it at your home? Do you remember where you got saved and when you got saved? Two things happened. Of salvation, all of your sins were done away with, they were all forgiven, they were all placed under the blood of Christ. Every sin committed up to the point of salvation that's one thing that happened at the, when you got saved. You know, the second thing that happened the Holy Spirit came to indwell you and live within you. Not for one minute, not for five minutes, not for one day, not for one week, one month, one year, one decade, one century. He made residence inside of you forever. So when we talk about the nearness of God, not only is he omnipresent, no matter where you go, you're going to bump into God. But no matter where you go, if you're a believer, you're also going to be carrying God with you. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is within you. He dwells there. And so when you're facing these troubles, if you're laying in a hospital bed, God is near you because He's omnipresent, but as a believer, God is near you because He's in your heart. If you're dealing with the death of a loved one and you're at the gravesite, God is there because He's omnipresent, but also because as a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells you and He is there with you. Whatever trouble that you may face, we have to remember the nearness of God. A lot of times when we are facing troubles, those that are closest to us may not even be near us. They may be in another town. They may be in another state. They may be in another country. So even though they like to be with us, they're not able to be with us. But that's not the case with God. Not only can He be with us, but He will be with us. So whatever trouble you're going through, whatever trouble you face in the future... God's going to be near. Always. So the first action is we remember the nearness of God. The second action, share your troubles with God. We call it praying. Sharing your troubles with God. We often share our troubles with each other. Have you ever shared your troubles with somebody else? Yeah, yeah. And and you're sharing your troubles with them, probably for a couple of reasons. You'd like to maybe get some input from them, but you just want somebody to hear what you're dealing with. Now, there are those people you will come in contact with. No matter what your trouble is, their trouble will be worse. You understand what I'm talking about? If you broke a big toe, they broke a foot. If you, if you had a small heart attack, they had a big heart attack. If you sprained a pinky, they, they, they broke the arm. No matter, there there's some people you cannot out trouble. Their trouble will always be bigger and worse than your trouble. But at the same time, there are those that we share our trouble with. that They do give us some solace. They do give us some comfort. They do listen to what we have to say. And it's beneficial on our behalf. And, and we should share with one another. I mean, we, we have, on our, our Thursday night small group at the house, we've been talking about emotions for the like last several weeks. Uh, the the uh, depth of emotions that God made us with. and Talking about how that we share with one another even about those emotions. And, and how important it is that we can share our emotions with others and get e- even feedback about our emotions but as important as it is sharing with each other, we still mostly need to share our troubles with God. And Paul is talking about in these verses. Number one, the, the breadth of prayer. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, the breadth of prayer. Nothing is excluded. Now, if we sit down and compare our troubles, What I think is a big trouble, you may view as a small matter. What you think is a major problem, I may think, well, there's not much to that. Depending on our circumstances and our personalities and our situations, we categorize our troubles as too little or bigger or big or large or just overwhelming well, here's the, the good thing about it. It doesn't matter how little that it is, nor how large that it is. Paul is saying that we take everything to God in prayer. I, I may think, well, that is so small and childish. Why would you pray about that? But for you, it may be a major issue in your heart. Guess what? It doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter what I say. God says, bring everything to him from the smallest to the greatest. That This breadth of prayer encompasses everything that we will ever face. But not just the breadth of prayer, but the thanksgiving of prayer. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So very often we associate thanksgiving when we talk about praying. We associate thanksgiving with thanking God for answered prayer. Right? And we should thank God for every prayer he answers. But what Paul is saying here has nothing to do with how that prayer is answered or if that prayer is answered nor when that prayer is answered. Nowhere in their scripture reading does he even indicate that the prayer is going to be answered or has been answered. We, we wait for something to happen before we give thanks to God when we are praying. Well, I believe what Paul is stressing here is, number one, we give thanks for the ability to pray. As a believer, we have that ability, we have that right, we have that option that we can pray to Him. We're not limited. No one can stop us. Uh, They they could throw us in jail for reading the Bible. They could throw us in jail for going to church. They could throw us in jail for witnessing. They could throw us in jail for all manners of things. They could stop us from doing all of those things. But you know the one thing they can never stop you from doing? Praying. Praying doesn't have to be outward. Praying does not have to be Eyes closed and hands raised. Praying does not have to be kneeling down somewhere. Praying is an attitude of the heart. And we can pray no matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, no matter the conditions, we can still pray to God. So he's giving thanks for that ability to pray. But he's also giving thanks for the listening ear of God. What good would it do us to pray if God was not listening? Not a bit. If God was not listening, why bother praying? It would be no more than going out there and standing in front of a tree and talking to that tree if God was not listening. But God does listen. God is listening. All all through the, the, the book of the Psalms, there's... Word pictures of, of God listening to the psalmist and listening to the needs of the people. All through Scripture, you can find where that people are crying out to God and He replies and answers them. That means He's listening. He, he hears us. So we're sharing our troubles with God. We, we're to be thankful for the fact that we can pray and thankful for the fact that He is listening to us as we pray. Are there those days that you wonder if God's listening? How many times have you prayed and it felt like it died on the vine? Have you ever started praying and fall off to sleep and never get through your prayer? Have you ever been praying and something will come by and claim your attention and there goes your prayer? You know, we talk about a squirrel running by. Y'all do know that phrase? Oh, that scroll just ran by. It happens even in praying. that, That we get sidetracked and kind of get off of track with it. But God is still listening, waiting for us to come back. To finish that thought. To finish that prayer. To say what it is that's on our heart. So when we're sharing our troubles with God... We consider the breadth of prayer, everything that comes our way we can pray to Him about. The thanksgiving of prayer, that's the ability to pray and for the listening ear of God. But then the peace of prayer that is a part of this whole process. Look again in these verses of Scripture. Look in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a peace associated with sharing our troubles with God. And let me re emphasize again this peace, just like thanksgiving, is not necessarily associated with God answering the prayer in the way that we want it answered or answering the prayer when we want it answered. Again, Paul is nowhere saying that, okay, it's immediate. That prayer is going to be answered. It's immediate. God's going to do this. It's immediate. God's going to take care of that issue. Nowhere is he even indicating that. He, he's just talking about the fact that living in a troubled world, God is near, and we can share our troubles with him. And we, when we do, there's a peace that comes to our hearts. Verse number seven again, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. The, the heart is basically the seed of our emotions. And as I've already mentioned, we've been discussing emotions on Thursday night. And, and man, we emotional people. You, you understand that? Any any of y'all ever get emotional? Anybody in here? Oh! Or a cry or a tear or a lash out, or, you know, just whatever. We, we are emotional people. Well, it, that, that's from the heart. And Paul is saying that praying can bring peace to those emotions, peace to that troubled heart, peace to that emotion of fear and worry. He, he, it, it brings that peace to us. But not just to our hearts, our emotions, but to our mind also, which would be our thoughts and our thinking process. How many of you ever had a troubled mind? Anybody? Well, you, you do have a mind, right? Jackson, you have a mind? Does it ever get troubled? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Dan, yeah. yeah. does your mind ever get troubled? Yeah. Brian, what, what does your mind do? That's... We'll get to that later. <laughs> Our minds can get so wrapped up in whatever it is that's troubling us that, that it just like it's going to explode. Have you ever had thoughts to get started in your mind? Just, it's like a squirrel in a wheel. It just goes round and around and around and around and around, and you can't get it to stop. If you have it, ask me what it feels like. I can tell you. I have first-hand experience with that. It's kind of called OCD. And I can get a thought that just goes around and around and around and around, and I can't get off that merry-go-wheel. It just keeps going around and around and around. But through prayer, there's a peace that can come to our mind, come to our thoughts. And again, this does not guarantee that the prayer is going to be answered. Or answer in the way that we want it to be answered. I read somewhere this week that God answers every prayer. Some is a yes. Some is a no. Some are later. Not the right time. But God answers every prayer. If we know that God answers every prayer that we pray as believers, should that not bring some peace to us? When our emotions are distraught, when our minds are racing, just just praying should bring peace to us. Now, I'm not saying that we won't start right back over on that same stuff again. Sometimes it's a matter of praying and praying and praying. Because these old emotions and these old minds, they have a mind of their own sometimes. They just want to keep, They want to stay on that same subject matter. So it's a matter of saying again, Lord, here I am sharing my troubles with you. You said I could bring everything to you. You, you, You've given me that ability to pray and you have a listening ear and you want to give peace to my heart and to my mind. We are living in a troubled world. As we've gone through this service, has your mind focused on any one trouble that you are dealing with? Is there any one trouble that seems to be consuming you? Or the troubles that have weighed heavy upon your heart and mind, do you feel unable to deal with them? Most of us have troubles that we deal with all the time. But sometimes they just seem to be extra heavy. Today, maybe you are dealing with that extra heavy trouble. Because remember, we're living in a troubled world. That started in the Garden of Eden and will continue until Christ's return and sets up his perfect kingdom. So this morning, our altar call is this. Do you have a a, a trouble that is really hard for you right now? Whatever it may be, would you just come and let's gather here at the altar and let us pray together for one another, for whatever that trouble may be. We don't even know how to share what that trouble is. God, God knows what that trouble is. Would you come and let us pray together and pray for each other this morning that God would help each one to deal with that trouble that they're dealing with.